Hello, hockey fans in Canada, the United States, and Newfoundland. Cool button, uncensored hockey podcast, season one, episode three is on the air. I'm Steve Coolius. That is Mr. Craig Button. And Craig, the countdown to the regular season is on season 105. What's your first memory of your first season watching this sport and saying, I love this sport? For me, it was four years old after the Summit Series. I said, There's a league. There's a league. And I remember number four, Bobby Orr. What's your first recollection as a youngster? Okay, my first recollection, my dad was the assistant general manager with the Pittsburgh Penguins. And I I remember it like it happened yesterday. And I believe Jim Rutherford was the goaltender for the Pittsburgh Penguins. And Bobby Hall for the Chicago Blackhawks came down the wing and he took that patented slap shot. And it rang off the pole. All you heard was ding, 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 ding. It didn't go in the net. And it was like, what's that sound? That, that, that was, the, that, that, that's my first time. I go, what's that sound? You know? And you know, my mother says, Oh no, they hit the goalpost. Okay. So it was your first thing. And I can remember it like it was yesterday, the, the beautiful Blackhawks jerseys, you know, sweaters in Canada, jerseys in the U S I, I know Steve, you were going to pick me apart there. So <laughs> anyway, that's like, it, it was like, it was like the game was like in color now the, and, and it was breathing and it was living. But, but, but I remember that thing. Like, and I'm thinking like now, obviously years later, I know, uh, Jim Rutherford must be really happy that puck didn't hit him because <laughs> we all know that the goal that, that Bobby Hall, you know, was really, I, I told Bobby Hall that story. We ended up with Brett signed with our team in uh, Dallas and Bobby would come down. I told Bobby that story. I told Bobby as a kid thinking like that. And, you know, Bobby has that great big smile from ear to ear. And it was like, you know, I wonder how many, he, he had to terrorize goaltenders. You know, I, I got to tell you a funny story. You may know this. You may not know this story. Jared Cheevers was playing for the Boston Bruins. And the Bruins were winning like, I don't know, 8-3. And it's late in the game. And Bobby Hall comes down and takes a big slap, getting ready for the big slapper. The defenseman in front of Jerry Cheevers, just like he, he, he's not getting anywhere near this shot. So Cheevers goes right to the corner, races to the corner. Puck goes in the net. <laughs> Coach says to Jerry Cheevers, what are you doing? He goes, you think I'm going to stand there? It's 8-3. I don't care if it's 8-4 and that defenseman's getting out of the way. Why should I be the guy to stand there? Bobby Hall terrorized people. But for a young Craig Button, uh, that, is, that is my very first memory. So after the Summit Series, game one, the two quick goals is what got me going. And then seeing the Bruins or an Esposito in those Bruins sweaters. Like, I would go back to those 70 Bruins sweaters and to see them and just the way my heart pounded when $6 million man was up against the Sasquatch in the seventies to see Oren Esposito on the ice. It was just something. And, and then Bobby Clark came into the fray and Dave Schultz and, Oh, it was just something. And then you fall in love with it and you, and you fall in love with it. And it's great that for us, it just keeps going until, you know, our 115th birthdays. Right. And we keep on watching and keep on loving it. And there's just something Still special, even about the original six teams, you know, talking about the Bruins or the Blackhawks, you know, the Bruins going down, the Blackhawks up, and there's a buzz about the Rangers. So are the Rangers for real getting tougher, losing Pavel Buchnevich? Do you like their goaltending? Are, are they ready for prime time at MSG now? Okay, so uh, 
I guess you always have to acknowledge <laughs> different comments you've made at different points in time. I liked the Rangers two years ago. I liked the Rangers going in uh, to the return to play uh, games. I, I No, I did. I, I I thought, hey, this is a team. I really liked the way they were playing. You know, David Quinn, I thought, you know, as, as a coach at that time, was doing a good job. And I really, really felt. And then they get wiped out 3-0. Wiped out 3-0. And then... Last year happens. And, and again, I, I was really optimistic <laughs> on the New York Rangers. And a lot of things happened last year. You know, you, you know, the, the, I guess the Tom Wilson in, in, uh, you know, episode has become uh, one of the uh, big Ranger topics. You know, at the time, you know, the letter to the league, <laughs> like, you know, uh, and then John Davidson and Jeff Gordon being replaced, Chris Drury coming in, new coach coming in, the changes they made. So I like this team. I like this team. I like. I love their goaltending. I think Shesterkin's a stud. Uh, I, I like their blue line. I mean, you're looking at the Norris Trophy winner from last year on the blue line, Steve. You know, so it starts there. I think they have a really good mix. What Chris Drury was 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 doing was mixing it up up front. You know, trying to get to a little bit more balance, uh, become challenging to play in all areas. You know, everybody talks about skill. Everybody loves skill, but you can't with the salary cap. What ends up happening, you can't have skill everywhere through your lineup as much as you desire it. So you're trying to find different elements that can give you strength at, at different points in the game against different types of opponents. You know, you know when, when Mark Messier calls out the New York Rangers, it's got to hurt the players. I mean, when I say that uh, in, in that regard, you know, nobody wants to be called soft. Nobody does. I, I don't know if they were soft, you know. What am I going to do? Argue with Mark Messier? I mean, that's his view. Chris Drury makes some changes. You do know Ryan Reeves was a healthy scratch last year in the playoffs, right? You do know that, right? I hope Rangers fans know that. He was a healthy scratch. Do you know why guys are healthy scratches? Two reasons. Coach doesn't think they can help the team or they're not playing very well. <laughs> so let's just, like Ryan's going to play a game. Remember when Ryan was in Pittsburgh? Why did the Pittsburgh Penguins get Ryan Reeves? Oh, I guess to protect Sidney Crosby. And 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 what happened? He he, he got traded out of there. <laughs> right? So let's like, you know what? Like the New York Rangers are not getting Tom Wilson. <laughs> they're not getting, they're getting Ryan Reeves. That, 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 that's not derogatory. That's just what it is. So let's just, this is a good team. I like their center ice. You know, Mika Zibanejad was named one of the first three Swedish players on the Olympic team, along with Hedman and Landeskog. So Zabanjad's a really good player. I think some of their younger players are ready to take a step. I really do. I think that, you know, we saw it last year with Adam Fox. I think Kako's ready to take a step. I think Lafreniere is going to be a better player this year. But, you know, when you got Artemi Panarin uh, playing up front, I mean, Artemi Panarin's one of the best players in the league. So I, I look at a team, Gerard Galland has shown uh, during his the course of his coaching career in the NHL, he can get teams to play at a high level and, and, you know, not only get into the playoffs, but compete in the playoffs. So that's a long answer, but you didn't give me an answer. Are they a playoff team? And you like their goaltending, Capo, Capo, yes. and, 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 yes. and Alexi Lafreniere. Yes. Yes. They're so they're ready now. So they're, they're in because the Capitals are getting worse. They're in because the Flyers don't have goaltending. Is Carter Hart not the answer? Uh, on the other side, the Bruins are aging out. So, Islanders, Carolina, Rangers, like this is the time that the Rangers will go. Whoosh. Pittsburgh's coming down in injury. So there's a lot to like, 
but it's about slotting. So slotting in as a wild card or slotting in for the golden ticket, right, Craig? The golden ticket in all these divisions is third. Because if you're third and you're Vancouver, you're in. If you're third and you're St. Louis, you're in because of the teams on the other side. So are the Rangers that good to be third? Or are they in the wild card conversation that says their time and their skill set is now? They're in both. So I'm tripling down on my Rangers. Two years ago, yeah, I was I was I was in on them. Last year I was in on them. Yeah, I'm tripling down on them. You know what? I I, I don't see them with the Islanders. Like I don't think they're they're good enough to be with the Islanders. I'm not so sure about the Carolina Hurricanes. Everybody is on this love affair with the Carolina Hurricanes. I like their Carolina Hurricanes. They lost some significant players. They lost, you know, you lose, you lose Dougie Hamilton, you lose Warren Fogle, you lose, you lose Brock McGinn. You know, we talk about different ways to play the game. Rod Brindermore plays it fast and hard. Well, you lose Warren Fogle and you lose Brock McGinn. You lose fast and hard. You know what? Sorry, I'm, I'm not, I'm not in on their goaltending. I'm not, I'm not big on their goaltending. I think, I think Nadelkovich is a real good goaltender, and you know, I think that it's challenging. So. They might be able to finish second. I think the Islanders are the class, but it's a competitor. I think Carter Hart's going to return to form. But I'm tripling down on the Rangers. I'm tripling down. Ryan Strom is a good player, and I think that uh, some of the some of the moves that they made, you know, adding a, just different elements to their team. You can all have your preference. I like the different elements they added to their team. You like Barkley Goodrow? Yeah, I love Barkley Goodrow. Just understand what Barkley Goodrow is. Bobby Holik got signed by the New York Rangers from the New Jersey Devils. That big $45 million contract, right? Five years, $9 million a year. And Bobby's a wonderful guy. And everybody all of a sudden now, because he signed for $9 million, thought Bobby was going to be... Bobby never changed his game. He was still the same player when he was with New Jersey or when he was with... But all of a sudden, expectations change on a contract. So make sure you know what you're getting... Uh, with Barker Goodrow. You're getting the, the player that was in Tampa Bay. Forget about the dollars. He comes in. That was the acquisition price, I call it, to help your team be better. And I, I like, I think Barkley Goodrow, Sammy Blay, I think they're, they're players that, you know, make life difficult for your opponent and, and mix it up and, and challenge you. And, and I think that's going to definitely help the Rangers. Well, when you got Zibanejad on one line, you got the two kids as the two right wingers and Panarin on another, that's instant. That's, that's instant offense. That's two great lines. Can the defense hold up? We talked about Adam Fox. I don't know how the hockey news had him ranked sixth in their top 50. That's a, uh, the, the TSN list, I think, has Fox in there. I don't know, Fox, we could make an argument if he's, you know, sixth of defensemen if Hedman's one right now and McCarr's two and where we rank the guys. But, you know, he looked good last night with those two assists and exhibition action. But Keandre Miller, Ryan Lindgren, Jacob Truba, uh, Lundquist looks like they have a Lundquist at the back end for the Rangers now and uh, Patrick Nemeth. So if the defense can hold up there, they're not in the Islanders class. You like them with Carolina. I think the key is no Malkin for a stretch, no Crosby at the start of the year. I don't know if we believe in Tristan Jari. So there's question marks with the Penguins. There's still some with the Flyers. You know, where's Elaine going to take them this year? Mm -hmm. So at worst, the Rangers are in that mix. And then we talk about with ESPN and TNT, Craig, it's sexy. They're a sexy team. The MSG gets going and it, there's a, there's a flavor to it. There's an excitement to it. And I, and when you can score and they can, and then we talk about defending, maybe not deep on the third pair and have some goaltending. 
that's probably enough. If, if, if all you do, Luke Robitaille score, well, that's the hardest thing to still do. We've been a 3-2 league for 105 years, and, and they've got the cachet, and that power play will make up for any deficiencies, and it, it feels like there's time. So we, we both have them in, whether they're third in the division or a wild card, which I think is sexy for the league with TNT and ESPN coming aboard. Well, I mean, how about for Rangers fans? Passionate, passionate fan base. So, you know, we, we talk a lot, Steve, and, and, and you talk daily uh, on your radio show on XM. Uh, you know, one of the things that, you know, we, we always talk about, oh, we're going to play this way, this, that. So I asked you, my friend, Mr. Steve Coolius. What style of game, like, you know, do, do you want a team that's a little bit more weighted towards, like, skill? You want skill deeper into your lineup? Do you, do you want some of that grind that, that the third line for the Tampa Bay Lightning provided? You know, where do you sit with terms of, like, stylistically? I'm putting you into the seat of the general manager. You, you I mean, and, hey, listen, you keep talking about being assistant general manager. Don't lower the bar. God, set your sights on being the general manager. You're sharp. You're bright. Where do you fall in that? Because we're going to talk about the next team, the Toronto Maple Leafs here, like that might have a very different look on things in the New York Rangers. So I ask you. I believe that I've learned as we've gone along that at one point, almost like the Red Wings, who still had grit throughout their lineup, it was 12 forwards that could move the puck and skate. And, you know, the day of the goon or that fourth line right winger that was, well, we talked about one and the Rangers brought him in. That's one dimensional. Let's just say, I believe in the grit. I think that I was too much on puck possession, skill, have a third line that can also score, play some younger players on the fourth line who can move even if they're undersized. And then I see the heaviness of the capitals and the heaviness of the blue heavy. And we've talked about this in our days at the score heavy, Hard to play against. Is Ryan O'Reilly as skilled as all those big number one centers? Probably not, but he's heavy. He gets in your way. He's hard to play against. And the Rangers are trying to be harder to play against. The Capitals, the Blues, hard to play against. Tampa, they lost kind of my way until they realized they got to play it this way. And I think if you're an accordion, you need to expand and contract. I learned a lot from those champions in Tampa and Tampa learned too. So they changed and they got their third line and the transition is from the Rangers who I think are Goodrow and Sammy Blay and hard to play against. Now the Leafs have to kind of follow that style and Kyle Dubas wanted puck possession, turn back all the time. The more you turn back, the more you keep the puck. There is a time to dump it in and change. There is a time to, Mix it up. If you want a zone entry all the time, then you become predictable. And what the Leafs did, they were easy to play against, and they became predictable. Not changing their power play last year. Zach Hyman goes on the ice in the Babcock era with Mitch Marner, loses the draw to a guy named Patrice Bergeron. It's pretty good on the draw. Then it goes, but a boom, but a bing, into the net. They couldn't kill a penalty. 24th in the league. If you can't kill a penalty and are harder to play against, you might make the playoffs, Craig but you're not going anywhere after that. So I've, if Gordie Howe stayed late after practice at 52 because the game was changing in 1980, I've learned this. The accordion has to bend and, and move 
and so do I. I probably was too heavy on skill and speed. Time to get a little grittier and nastier to win. Well, I mean, I love skill. I mean, tell me the coach that doesn't say, yeah, the having the puck is better than not having it. <laughs> like, I mean, these are just, I mean, people go, like they think puck possession is this new concept. What? what? Have you been paying attention? Scotty Bowman told Blake puck possession years ago. The Russians came over. You talk about 72, not the Russians. It was the Soviets at that time. Yes. Came over in 72. They, they mesmerized people the way they held the puck. So I'm just going to give two quick examples. I'm going to start... With the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when they won the Super Bowl, they're going up against the Kansas City Chiefs, this, this high-flying offensive unit with Patrick Mahomes, brilliant player. They're, oh, the Chiefs are going to blow out the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, wrong. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, why? Because they had a pass rush. They, had, they, they could defend. And once the Kansas City Chiefs couldn't play and Patrick Mahomes had to run for his life on every play, guess what? It didn't matter if he could throw the ball 40 yards on an on a, on a, on a, on a, on a absolute sh uh, string. didn't matter. And that's how the NHL is. So I'll finish it with this when we talk about the Rangers in hockey. Lou Lamarillo, the great Lou Lamarillo. Symphony has all different types of musicians and you need them all to make beautiful music. <laughs> <laughs> I love that quote. I love that quote. Talked to Anders Lee yesterday and, uh, and the Anders have a lot of, a lot of pieces. That's why we love them so much in the division. Uh, speaking of goaltending and having options, a lot of back-to-backs this year, compressed schedule. You need two guys. And uh, I think the Rangers have them. The Leafs have two guys, but I don't think they're in their Shesterkin category at all. Richie in, Bunting in, David Camp, Andre Kasha, Peter Morazic. I ask you as we switch from the Rangers, who we believe are in, are the Leafs in because they're a good play or a good regular season team? And are they better than, same as, or worse than the team that finished last year? Wow. Okay, so I mean, I, I I can see where this line of questioning is going as we talk about NHL teams. The baby, oh the baby. So so what I will say is this: uh, I hope they're better than the team that finished last year with that thud. You know, up three games to one. Montreal scored four had scored but four goals. Right. I hope they're better than that team that finished the year. You know, it's interesting when you watch as they went into the playoffs and. To, to me, Steve, they were a team that, you, you know, I, I thought they were better than Montreal. I thought they were much better than Montreal. I think through four games, they showed they were much better. I think earlier in this episode, uh, I'll try to get my minute. At minute 11, <laughs> you <laughs> talked about how predictable the Toronto Maple Leafs were. Predictable, and they never changed anything. The winning goal in game seven was exactly, they were bound and determined they were going to carry the puck into the zone. Mitch Marner turns it over, boom, it's one nothing. Now you're chasing the game. Never caught up to the game, right? Power play, stunk. Sheldon Keefe didn't make adjustments. Big part of the – and, you know, I, and, and, I, and I heard some comments uh, after where Sheldon goes, well, I tried to make some adjustments. Yeah, when? Like going into the third period? Like too late. <laughs> that Montreal team was locked in. So, you know, here's what I'm going to say. Atlantic Division, I think that the class of the division – is in Florida. Oh, oh, yeah, no, 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 no. Tampa Bay and Florida, the state of Florida. Okay, not okay. just not just Pan So Lightning and Panthers. Yeah, I think I, I don't think the Toronto Maple Leafs are, are anywhere as good as those two teams. I don't think they are. I think 
So you talk about third spot. That's where I see Toronto trying to get to third spot and try to stay out, out, out of the wild card race if they can. Boston Bruins without Krejci. Okay, that's a that's a that's a without Rask and Halak. Okay, I agree. I get it. You, you you got a lot of hope for all Mark. Bottom line is that's a different Boston Bruins team, right? Montreal. You know, I, 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 I'd be careful. Last year at this time, Montreal was a good team. I thought I, I like Montreal. In fact, okay, time to, ah, people can see I'm patting myself on the back. I said, I thought the Montreal Canadiens would win the Canadian division. I also thought Montreal would be one of the last four teams standing. So I was right. And certainly the first three weeks, I was right until I was wrong. And then I was wrong until I was right again. <laughs> <laughs> I get your circular <laughs> logic, Mr. Costanza. I know what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. So the Leafs, you know, like I like Jack Campbell. I like I'm sick and tired of hearing people question Jack Campbell. Did you not see what he did last year? He he was excellent. Now, does he have to build on it? Yeah. I'm not a Morazic fan. I think Morazic's like a roller coaster. I think that as good is really good, and as like and and Scotty Bowman said this many many years ago. I'd rather have average goaltending than inconsistent goaltending. You know, I, I need to know what I'm getting, and every, and players know. Peter Morazic is a competitor. He's got and, and and he can be brilliant. He can also be real, real uh, sloppy in in the net. When I say thing, so I like their. I have no problem with the four forwards. I have no problem with the four defense. That there's a lot that has to happen after that for the Toronto Maple Leafs to compete against the best teams in the league. And, there's and a lot. Yeah, and thirds. I don't think there's anything wrong with third if that's where they are. If Spencer, no, no. Bur- Burowski, if, if 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 Spencer's not ready for prime time and the Bob is the Bob that's been dropping over the last few years, that'll be a problem, I think, for Florida. But there's a lot to like about the Panthers, and you know, you see Owen Tippett, and you see some of the other players that, you know, I'm, I wasn't putting higher up in the lineup, and that they deliver. And Marchman's come out of nowhere. They've got grit, and Sam Bennett was left for dead. <laughs> And anyone could have had them, including Toronto, but they chose not to. So there's a lot to like about Florida. So if it goes Tampa, Florida, Florida, Tampa, and Toronto's in the the third spot, I think they're a little bit worse. Without Zach Hyman, they have to be a little bit worse. But even with Zach, Craig, they still didn't win a playoff series. They still didn't, even with them. And they couldn't kill a penalty. And I think they gave Freddie a chance. He had four years, and then the fifth year, Mrazek's is good. Not as good. Same ballpark, same tax bracket. So you know what? It's change almost for the sake of change. It's show me. Go out and play 41, play 41, and try to make a save when it really matters. They're they're not a major one contender. I saw somebody have them ranked fifth or sixth. I think they're if if there's a second tier, the Leafs would be in that tier behind the Vegas's, Colorado's, Florida's, Tampa Bay's, Islanders. If those are the five biggies. Then, then maybe Toronto, if we go to six, but they, they have to show me. They have to show me that what they're doing in the regular season will translate in the playoffs. Now, let me say this. If they make the playoffs at three and finish with 98 points and they play Florida in a 2-3 matchup and lose in seven games, what happens on June 22nd in Toronto? I ask you that. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I, that's a that's a question that will continuously be asked of a team that uh, doesn't achieve what they want to achieve, right? So, I mean, Brendan Shanahan, the president of the Toronto Maple Leafs, has has shown unequivocally that he is that he is going to support. Uh, you know, the effort that they're trying to put forth. And, and when I say about the effort, I'm not talking about on the ice, what they're trying to do. You, you know, I, I, I've used this uh, uh, a number of times. The Detroit Red Wings didn't blow out Sergei Fedorov and uh, Steve Eiserman. They, they built around those guys. And th there was a lot of disappointment in, in Detroit for years. Now, I, I will <laughs> qualify it this way, Okay. <laughs> The Detroit Red Wings were losing in the Stanley Cup final. They were they were in the playoffs. They were, you know, the Toronto Maple Leafs haven't even got the this group hasn't even you know won a playoff round. So uh, I, I go back to the New York Islanders with Bill Torrey and Al Arbor. They had those disappointments in the late 70s before winning four straight Stanley Cups. There's no pot down on this team. <laughs> there is no pot down on this team. There is no Clark Gillies, you know, uh, you know. Austin Matthews is, is a supreme talent and, and he's probably a blend of Trottier and bossy. Would you, would you say that's fair, Steve? It's have you pretty good. thought about Austin Matthews is a blend of Trottier and, and bossy. He, he, he's, he's not bossy. He's not Trottier, but, but, but a nice blend. And, you know, but you, who's their Nystrom? Who's their Gillies? You know, who's their Kenny Morrow? You know, like, like there's, and, and I'm, I mean, that's just one team. I just see, a team that has enough ability with eight players, eight players. Those are the four forwards. I don't, do I have to name them? Okay. I'll no, name them. <laughs> we know them. We know them. Martin, Martin Matthews, Nylander, and Tavares. You know what? I have no problem with Riley and uh, TJ Brody or Muzzin and, and Hall. I have no problem. After that, there's a lot of questions. Yeah, a lot of questions. That's the GM's job. So no, I'll do was right. He admitted basically if it's one and done again, without saying it, he kind of said it that he knows he's probably in trouble. If they whimper out like they did last time, I I gotta think that he's not running the ship on July 1st. Well, okay, and, and and fair enough. So here's what I would say to answer. You know, I probably got a little bit long-winded talking about the Leafs and breaking them down. Here's what I would say. You know, Kyle Dubas has continuously talked about, you know, betting, like, you know, I'm going to bet everything on this team. Great. You, you know what? I said this in the summer. They talked about belief. You know, Steve, the, the Lotto Max was 70 million a couple of weeks ago. I bought a ticket. I bought a ticket and I believed I was going to win. Belief isn't good enough. So, you, you, you know, you come out of it, you can, you can explain it away in different, in, in different ways, the pandemic, everything we weren't up to, right? Yeah, I, I, I think if the Leafs whimper out and they don't, they don't win a playoff round this year, you know, if, if that's how it ends or whatever, that the conversation <laughs> at the end of the season will be clearly about, you know, what this team needs and is change necessary, is change needed, and will change happen. Because I'll tell you what, you know, there's only one thing that's a certainty. If you continue to do the same things time and time again, and you're not getting results, bottom line is something needs to change. Let's tie those two teams in together and I'll go first. Who would I rather be? The Leafs or the Rangers? I'd rather be the New York Rangers right now. You? Well, they have the Norris Trophy winner. They have an outstanding goaltender in Shesterkin. 
Zabanajad and Panarin and the young group of players with Kako and Lafreniere. Yeah, and and I haven't even mentioned Philip Heidel. I haven't mentioned Kraftsoff, who you know came over then went back, and I, I think he's ready for prime time. Ryan Strom has had a resurgence there. Like like I think they're a balanced team. Who, who who's the Toronto Maple Leaf? Sammy Blay. Well, they think it's Nick Ritchie. Okay, n- n- last time I looked, Nick Ritchie wasn't qualified by the Boston Bruins. Isn't Nick Ritchie a Boston Bruins type player? Yeah, isn't he? So why don't the Bruins want him? Well, he's not a Boston Bruins type player. That's well, the answer. Yeah, other players have been left for nothing and then turned things around. There's a lot of having to show me players, and that's why what we're saying here today is where we think it's a good team. I don't know how they're going to get to be a great team at 81.5 or one more million next year. So fascinating talking about these two teams and it's something special when the Leafs and Rangers do play. Let's go to cap salary cap. You just touched it too. So you you don't want all these questions. Okay. So we're going to take a chance on Andre Kasha. We're going to take a chance on David Kampf. We're going to take a chance on, on uh, Nick Ritchie. They don't have any room to maneuver. And and I hear this all the time. I, you know, that's a salary cap. The manager is responsible for it. Don't complain about your lot in life when you're the one that created the the situation. If it's a new GM next year, let's say they play Florida in my scenario and they're gone. Would Marner and Nylander, one of them be gone for sure to clear up something to make, they went shopping, right? At Bargain Heralds, right? They they didn't go to Rodeo Drive in the off season because they had nothing to work with. That doesn't mean some of these guys won't pan out. Maybe Michael Bunting will be a great Fourth line winger, but if it doesn't work again, do you have to clear out 16 or 88 before I want to talk about the Kings? Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's easy to say, clear out, clear out, clear out. I mean, think about what you just said. Think about this for a second, Steve. I, I got a great idea for you. We're going to trade the first team all-star right wing. We're no way. Like, no, we're going to clear out the first team all-star right wing. We're going to clear out a real uh, valuable player that scores 30 goals, performed well in the playoffs, and has a great contract. We're going to clear him out. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, that's great rationale. Steve, are you going to just wipe out the top floor of your uh, house because <laughs> there's a leak in the corner? The I want to. Re- we want to redo the kitchen and add, not subtract. So by moving one of these guys, there's a subtraction. You know how many first line right wingers, centermen, defensemen the Leafs have had since Borea Salming was the like this. This is a rarefied air. So, I, I know how many they've had. Zero. Yeah. So it's they're in a they're up against it. Like they're in a tough spot. So this is the group, and Kyle's put himself with the Fab Four and everything else. It's going to be show me time. It's and we talk about puck luck, and maybe they haven't had it. Maybe they haven't created it in the playoffs, but. There's, there. I wouldn't say panic. There's strong concern. Put it this way. There's excitement on the island. There's excitement at MSG. The Devils are getting better. I'm using those teams as an example. We talk about the aging teams. There's angst and concern in Toronto. I think it's a good way to describe it. People are setting themselves up for another disappointment. Atlantic Division. I don't see the Toronto Maple Leafs in the same category as Tampa Bay and Florida. So you ask me a a three, two setup against either one of those teams. Good luck. 
Good luck, Toronto Maple Leafs. Adrian Kunar. <laughs> Good luck, Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> Let's go to La La Land. Quinton Byfield, unfortunately, that collision the other night, broken ankle. So I hear from my LA people, he's going to be the fourth line center. I, I don't know if second overall pick and this would have been a good fit for him. Arthur Kaliev lit it up last night. Alex Turcott, Jared Anderson, Dolan, Leas Anderson, Rasmus Kupari. I know you love the depth of the LA Kings. Do you like what Rob Lake has done? Like is the time now and where are we on who's in and who's out and how good Ontario is going to be? Because it's a sexy topic. Let's be honest. They won their two cups. They still have Dowdy. They still have Brown. They still have Kopitar. They still have Quick, but he's the backup. So we're retooling the Kings here. This is right up your alley. You're the expert. When I go to young talent, it's to you. So where are you on these players? They're always good prospects. What I liked about Pat Gillick in Toronto was he was good at trading a prospect who he knew might become a suspect. Because when they're a suspect, you don't get anything for them. So is this group this good? Let's start with Quinton Byfield and the plan. Okay. Before I answer that, okay. I, I want to tell you this. It's funny. You know, uh, you go into a draft and you hear about every all the players. And I, I hear so much over the course of a year going into a draft, all the flaws the players have. And then these players all get selected in the draft. And every single team talks about how good they are. Like <laughs> it goes from negative to positive the minute they select them, right? So to your point about prospects, uh, it is a kind of a funny thing. It's just one of those interesting things. Quentin Byfield is a, is a real good prospect. I, like I have no doubt about his abilities, right? It's unfortunate that he uh, fractured his ankle in that game. Is going to be out for a period of time. I, I have no idea, personally, why you would put him on your fourth line. Like, you, you, like, unless you're going to have a fourth line that's going to play uh, a style of game that suits his his skills. Like, sorry, go, like, you know, Steve, I, I see it time and time again, and I'm going to see it forever for as long as I remain on this earth. Uh, teams take players that they've drafted high, and they think, oh, yeah, we'll just put them here. We'll put them in the America. We'll put them in the NHL. NHL teams fail players more than team players fail on their own. Trust me on that. They, they you know, and, and, and so, and, and there's I, I, so many examples. Oh, they got to play in the American Hockey League. Oh, they do do that. Oh, they got to be in the NHL. Oh, they do do that. No, what they need to do is play at a level that is that allows their abilities to shine, to, allows them to develop their abilities. You know, th does a plumber go and, you know, apprentice as an electrician? So if you're going to ask Quentin Byfield to come and play on your fourth line, doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I, I didn't understand it. I said it's one thing to squeeze. If Quinton Byfield is the answer for your Stanley Cup hopes, and you're gonna ease him in, and he's going to be uh, what Dick Beto said, Wayne Gretzky would be the fourth line center on the '47 Leafs, and you got Apps, and you got Bentley, and you've got uh, you know you're stacked down the middle, that, and that, that's a different story. But in this case, they're probably not ready yet. Have him dominate at the AHL level. He's a top six forward not a bottom six forward why would he start there Gretzky would have been the number one center on the I know I, I know the still apps too don't forget <laughs> yeah, yeah. no 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 Wayne Gretzky would have been the number one center right <laughs> make it like you know you sorry know, Dick sorry like, Dick yeah. no, 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 like I get what you're trying to say it's it, just because you said it doesn't mean I'm buying uh, but again so let's let's look at the LA Kings Steve and let's examine what Rob Blake did 
signs Philip Deneau, trades for Victor Arvidsson. Rob Blake's not taking a team now and building it with youth. He's not relying on where youth is going to go from here. He is looking at this as a year to try to take it to another level. The blue line isn't that good. Okay. When you, when you have to sign Alex Edler and trade for Ole Mata, <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, they have some other, you know, Matt Roy and uh, Sean Walker, you know, you're looking at those guys Bjorn fought, right? I, you know, I keep hearing about Jack Eichel to the LA Kings. And we know they have lots of really good prospects. They have one of the, nobody has a better prospect pool than the LA Kings in my view. Nobody. So, you know, there, there might be a couple teams that are in that category, but nobody's better. If I'm Rob Blake, you know what I'm looking for? Defensemen. Defensemen. Honestly, if I'm in LA, I'm, I'm, I'm not interested in Jack Eichel. Really? Not interested in Jack Eichel. Who are you interested then in, Craig? Defensemen. I need defensemen. I need good defensemen. I got lots of, I got, you know, Arthur Kaliev scores a hat trick. Third one into an empty net. I don't know if we should call that the, you know, I mean, I'm not diminishing it. It's a goal. But end of the day, they got some really, really good prospects. They got some forwards. and I like their team. Kopitar's still a good player. You know, you start to look at how their team is built with some, you don't have defensemen? Sorry, you're not going anywhere. And who should know that better than anybody? Rob Blake. So you would trade the Kaliabs, Turcotte, Jarrett Anderson, Dolans, Leah Sanderson, Kapari. You would say, listen, we're actually pretty good at the center ice position right now, and the Jack thing's complicated. Let's start by one of these or two of these going after. I don't know if you got anybody in mind in particular. Right. So, it's not, but 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 it, it just had like I'll go and get a really good number three defenseman. I'll go and get a really good number four defenseman. You know, like when you look at the LA King, Jake Muzzin was on a Stanley Cup team. That's a that's a that's a good. I need my defense to be better. Go look at the blue line. I mean, they think Alex Edler, who's a, who's a bottom pair defenseman now, and Holy Mata, who might not even be a bottom pair defenseman. Like those aren't the answers. Sorry, like this is the LA King situation. I would have no interest. Let me emphasize, no interest in Jack Eichel. Well, I feel like the Kings want to make a splash. And I, a splash for I'm what? Guessing, I'm guessing they have got a lot of interest in Jack Eichel. I, I, listen, I'm not here to speculate. I'm telling you what, where I would be at, Steve. Right, I don't no. care what their interest is. I think it would be a mistake for them to go after Jack Eichel. $10 million. They don't, I don't, like, the LA Kings? No, do you know what? Do you know what will get people's attention? Win. And you know what I think will help them win? Get defensemen. I've heard more about, oh, get a splash. Oh, yeah, we got to make a splash. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. You know what? No, it doesn't work. When I was in Calgary, you know, one day I got called into a meeting. They talked about I should go after Yermer Yager. The first thing I had to do was try to refrain from laughing <laughs> and falling <laughs> down laughing. That was from ownership. And you know, go big or go home. Like, Guillermo Yager? Like, are you kidding me? He makes $11 million. Do you know what our payroll was at that time? $31 million. <laughs> Yeah, make a splash. You know what makes a splash? Winning. Well, I will say this much. If I was Rob Blake and the Eichel deal made sense and I thought it would help my team, splash or no splash, I would make that trade as an example. So, right now, Eichel's not there. He's not anywhere. I have the Kings out 
and not ready for prime time, I'm going to assume you do as well. Why would you assume that? Because you just ripped the blue line. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, I've ripped the blue line, and they're going to win the Stanley Cup. No, it doesn't work that way. Having said okay. that, having said that, he's a real good friend of mine. You don't know. Just <laughs> using that. Yeah. I, so you I, but I think they want to make it. I think they do want to make a move forward. And and and, and that's where I'm at. So, you know, I get like, you know, they're looking at it. Like, focus it. Do you remember the year that Dean Lombardi, after winning two Stanley Cups, decided he needed Ben Bishop in a trade? So, like, I remember sitting there going, what? Like, you don't need Ben Bishop. But that's what it doesn't mean that they that they didn't address that as potentially a need. But the year they traded for Jeff Carter and Marion Gabrick and got more goals and got the right things, they won the Stanley Cup. Ben Bishop wasn't the answer. I don't think Jack Eichel's the answer. Final thoughts to wrap up. I'll go first. I didn't like what P.K. Subban did to Ryan Reeves last night, which would have been Wednesday night, depending when you're listening to this. It's called a skate trip, which is different from a slew foot. I'm not going to get into the slew foot, you know, rule book definition and everything else, although it was close. I can't believe there wasn't a penalty. I don't like it. I think it's dangerous. And I like two and tens hitting from behind international hockey on a head check. There needs to be more of a deterrence and scaling of penalties. Imagine if it wasn't Ryan Reeves and I'm not diminishing Ryan Reeves. PK said afterwards, he's a friend of Ryan Reeves and he's very important to the Rangers. Let's just say it was 86 on the devils and he is out. Do we think differently? Not a hockey play. Not smart. I do believe there was intent more than Chris Tanev. I didn't like it. There has to be more. We have to protect the kids when they play because they emulate the pros. And we have to protect these players. Can't believe Gerard Gallant. Gerard Gallant dismissed. Normally coaches back up the, oh, the guy should get thrown out of the league. So I'm surprised. That's scary. And I, I want to do more to have a deterrent for plays like that. Is that your final thought? Yes. Well, I don't have enough time for final thoughts on this <laughs> episode three, season one of the Cool Button Uncensored Hockey Podcast. But you have opened up, you have opened up a great discussion that on Monday, Thanksgiving yeah. Day in Canada, Columbus Day in the United States, that I would like to talk a little bit about dangerous plays as it relates to football, as it relates to hockey ops and things that they're trying to do. And that's where we're going. So on that note, my final thought was, have a great weekend. We'll see you on Monday.